Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. When I do want music, I want it to be the right music, if that makes sense. I don't want it to indicate the wrong emotion, the wrong feeling. It's going to impact how they feel about your video, what they remember about your video. I think it's important if you're going to be making lots of videos to consider investing in music. Hey everybody, welcome to the Visual Lounge. I'm Matt Pierce. I'm here with Justin and Andy. And today we are going to be talking about something that most people really find enjoyable, which is music in videos, because it's something that can really enhance, it can sweeten your video, it can make it better, it can convey emotion, it can do all these things. But where we're going to start off in this conversation is do all videos need music or not? And then we're going to go from there and talk about a lot of things about music. In fact, this it, we'll see how long this goes, but this may end up being a two-parter for everybody. So question to start with, guys, today is does every music deserve or need – did I say music? Does every video need yeah. music? Not every music need video. But maybe that's the, maybe that is the right question. Yes. Yes. Every Every music does need a video. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so does every video need music is the, is the right way to put that no 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 but no. yes no no i don't i mean no it right it's like with everything in the video world it depends what you're doing it it i don't know motivation matters um um context matters so no every video doesn't need them but then you know we were talking beforehand do most of my videos include music yep but of videos that you're doing matt and so and and that you're doing justin so it really it depends on what you're doing yeah justin what do you think yeah i i would say the same thing i think it, it's all depends on context a lot of it is it's so nuanced but um you know for for me i would say maybe man for the videos i make like a quarter tops have music uh, most of them uh, I don't even think about adding music, but if I'm trying to like set a mood or a tone for something, I'll definitely try to add something in there. Yeah. So here's my argument about no. And I think a lot of videos can benefit from music. I think sometimes we underuse it. However, from a learning perspective, and I think I've said this in other places, so I apologize if this is just repeat. Your brain just does not process two audio streams well. You process the the, the vocals, the speech the tech, you know, what people are saying and the music. And then if it's not mixed well, it becomes very difficult for your brain to really pay attention and process. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you have to be very good at it, which if you're just starting out might be, might be challenging. So I think that kind of that cognitive load is the word we use that kind of like the, the heaviness of trying to understand things. And I shared recently on the visual lounge an experience I had, I created a, it was a 25 minute video or 15 minute video. And I put music under it, thought it was good, sounded good. And then the feedback came back as people were watching it. Like, I can't understand this. And they stopped watching. Like literally they're telling me this sucks, mm -hmm. which hurts. It was really hurtful, <laughs> but I'm like, 
They're right. If you yeah. can't understand it, you can't hear it. And it wasn't that the music was bad, and it wasn't that the audio was bad. It was that just in the end, the mix didn't work out right, and the music was too loud, and so they had a hard time hearing. So, I, with all this, I want to. I, reason I want to start there is to set the tone that everything we're going to talk about, you have to take with music with a little bit of a like. Do I need this? And am, am I doing a good job making sure the level, the balance, is good? Because if you can't do that. Nothing else matters that we're talking about. Well, let's I, point too when we're talking about like context, you were talking about an educational standpoint. I can't process two streams of audio at the same time. But if we're talking about, you know, I mean, people immediately think when they think video, they think of movies and feature films, right? And and there I'm trying to manipulate an audience's emotions. I want either, you know, this high paced, you know, action soundtrack to to get the blood boiling, get you excited and and um and emotionally charged, or I want like a really, you know, almost um, emotional track to, to kind of pull your heartstrings. But none of that matters in a tutorial when you're trying to get someone to learn a thing. You know, if I want you to learn this one task or this one feature, then me putting music in there is definitely going to be a distraction. So it, it, this is why I say like context matters a great deal. Um, you know, even if, even if you want to start the the video with a little bit of music, you know, maybe for a title card and then just drop it out of the way. But I think Matt, what you're saying is two streams of audio being the narrator, the narrator and the music. Uh, if they go over each other at all, people have to choose which one to listen to. And that's, that's going to be something that they don't want to have to process. Yeah. I would, I love what you're saying about the manipulation, right? And it's not a bad manipulation. You're just trying to get people to no. feel something. And I, but I do think learning a lot of learning is kind of manipulating people to understand things. And, and again, we're not trying to manipulate them into things that we don't, that are bad, but you're, you're right. trying to, even with learning, you want them to feel something. You want them to feel an understanding, a connection. Uh, and it's interesting, just a slight tweak to, to sound can have a really interesting impact. Uh, actually, I watched a video today that I'll point out that uh, Andy, you had mentioned to me from a large, large company that has, uh, you know, certain phone devices and computers. And I watched their video and it was really interesting. They use some sound effects. And so it's not music, yeah. but they use some swishes mm -hmm. and some like spring kind of noises. Like, and it, mm -hmm. it, it really enhanced what was happening on the screen. I thought, oh my gosh, that's really great use of sound effects, even though, and I mean, they had music as well, but it, it, it got me thinking right. like, oh my gosh, that was, it just really made it feel like those things were really moving versus just, I was watching an animation. Yeah, there's a whole profession of that. It's it's referred to as sound design, right? Where where the person's job is to essentially put together this sound package that immerses the viewer in what they're watching with audio cues, and it's super effective. and And I used to like to dabble in it a little bit, but I mean, there's professionals who can do this. And and yeah, the commercial you're talking about was just it's wildly cool when you see it done right. And and there's no script necessarily, and there's you know great visuals and great audio, and it tells a story really effectively with just those two elements. The flip side of that, though, like with with the video or with the music side is when done poorly, it makes mm -hmm. the video almost unwatchable. And the reason I say that is I just had this experience, I think last week when I was watching a video, they had throw they kept throwing in sound effects to the video and it became so overwhelming. It, it was exactly what you're talking about, Matt, where I couldn't concentrate on what he was saying because every time he would get into a point he'd be also popping something up on the screen. And every time he popped something up on the screen, it would make a sound effect. But I wasn't really, well, I was just listening sort of cursory 
sort of like a, almost like a podcast. It was on YouTube, but I was just listening. And every time those noises came on, it just distracted me so much that I, I literally just, okay, I'm done watching this video and I'm done listening to this thing. Yeah. What a great point. I mean, <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> and now we just lost half our listeners. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I, I couldn't help it. So let's, I want to, I want to keep the conversation going here because one of the things that I have found that to uh, full disclosure, I find this to be challenging is to know what music is going to work and how to go about finding that music. And it's, I feel like it's one of those things I spend so much time on. And I don't know that there's a magic wand we could wave to make this this easier. I mean, I obviously knowing where you can find music is a big help, but I have my sources. But man, I just feel like it's tough to get something that feels like it fits the tone, the mood, the beat, the rhythm, the whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. Are there advice that we can give about doing this? Because I when I do want music, I want it to be the right music, if that makes sense. I don't want it to indicate the wrong emotion, the wrong feeling. And I've, I've made that mistake before. I, it's easy. I think it's easy right. to do. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that's, gosh, there's no silver bullet for this one. I wish there was. Um, when I was, you know, filming weddings for 10 years, music was the bane of my existence because I especially didn't want to always choose the same song. Like I want each wedding to be unique and have a different feel. And, and each couple had a different, you know, feel and style that they were into. And I also ran into the issue that like, early on in my career, we were still walking that fine line of using copyrighted music versus not using copyrighted music. Um, and when the copyright crash happened in, in 2011, there was a big takedown of a bunch of videos on Vimeo because music owners came after people using it. Um, we were forced to, to go another route and to sell that to people who like, oh, our favorite song is by Coldplay. We really want that song in our video became okay, but that song now has these connotations for you. Maybe it was your first dance or your first kiss or, or you heard it when you were you know, out on a walk or something. So, so those memories are sparked by this. If I use it now, it's going to spark a totally different memory rather than your wedding. So I'm going to find this new song. For you. So I kind of had to sell it like, I'm going to find this new song for you and this is going to be the song from your wedding. And it worked because music ingrains itself in us. I don't know about you guys, but I used to, uh, when I would read like fiction novels on trips, I would sometimes also have headphones on and listen to music. Um, and there are a couple books that when I read them, I can hear the songs I was listening to the first time because it became like the soundtrack in my head for that. Music has that ability to ingrain itself in us. Um, and so we have to be careful. You don't want to use songs that people know, and obviously for copyright reasons. Um, but also it's going to impact how they feel about your video, what they remember about your video. So if you're doing a tutorial, maybe that's not the place for a real high, you know, energy hip hop song. Um, but maybe a promotional video is maybe we're trying to sell something. We want people to be excited about it. Um, so you have to think, what is the emotion you want to draw from people with this video? Is it contemplation? Is it excitement? Is it, you know, gosh, I don't know, is it, is it some kind of more um, evocative emotional response? There's music that hits all of those tiers. Uh, and so there, there's a little bit of matchmaking that can go on, but it's a very personal decision too. Yeah, one thing as you're, you're sharing those, Andy, it made me think about uh, one of the early series of videos I made at TechSmith, and this is a long time ago, uh, it was for screencast.com of all things. And the the video series was like this one minute, they're meant to be like one minute long videos that were just like quick tips. You know, I've got one card, I keep playing it just in different places, right? Uh, but I put music at the beginning because like that seems like a thing you should do. And it was this one particular track 
And you know, the thing is I didn't think about is people are going to watch that video or that series of Mm. videos, like one after another. And I got feedback. They're like, please stop using that music track. Oh my gosh. If I have to hear that guitar riff one more time. And for me, it was like, I was not making, you know, them all in one setting, but my audience was consuming that music and those videos kind of in one take. And it just became like super annoying to them. And I, it's something I never would have realized on my own um, that you have to also be thinking about how are, how is this going to be consumed? When is it going to be consumed? Is it going to, you, you know, do you want that familiarity now? Like with a podcast, like we use different music for this version of the, this part of the podcast mm-hmm. than the live, uh, but it acts as a signal, right? It's, it's something it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's Justin, Andy and Matt. And that they're doing their thing versus the, the interview live with the visual lounge. So I think it's really interesting to keep those things in mind about audio is like, yeah, what's not only, what are you trying to evoke from people, but what are you signaling to people with, with that music? Yeah. Cause that, you know that what, guitar riff, let me tell you, I don't want to hear it anymore either. Now <laughs> that guitar riff though, that comment has me thinking of, uh, I think one of the greatest innovations of modern technology is when Netflix uh, brought us the skip intro button uh, on television shows. And suddenly it was like, you know what? This intro, I've heard it a thousand times. I'm binge watching nine seasons of this television show. I don't want to hear it every 30 minutes. Uh, and so we could skip it. There's some shows I'll watch the whole intro because it's either so well done or it really sets the mood and I want it. But man, if I'm just watching one after the other, after the other, you're right. The, in- the intention uh, is not really within our control uh, as editors and producers. And so you want to give them that option of like, yeah, maybe we don't listen to that song every time. Yeah. So let me ask this question, though, because it's one that I keep thinking about is, and there's probably a simple answer, but do you, when do you pick your music? Like, should I go in into my video, like looking for music ahead of time, or should I wait till it's, done and try to fill in from there yes question um and i i say that half half joking because there's there's two trains of thought right you can edit to the beat which a lot of people want to do like man this this video has to edit so obviously music comes first because you have to have you're gonna have i have no idea what that means Oh, okay. Well, let what me go mean, back. What in do just you mean? By, yeah. What do you mean by edit edit so, to the beat? But yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll cover that in just a second. So edit to the beat is one option. The other one is I produce my video and I'm gonna find a track that fits what I've already produced. Okay. So edit to the beat. Going back to that is uh, I'm gonna make cuts and a lot of uh, fast edits. So maybe I'm doing an intro for a show and I want a bunch of random clips from that show, one after the other after the other. Uh, and my song for you musicians out there is in four, four times. So, you know, I've got four beats per measure and I can go one, two, three, four, one, two, and just keep going on and on. And I can fit in clips at that beat. Now, it, it sounds technical for those who don't do it. It's really not that bad. You know, it, most video editors give you waveform on your audio track. So you can see these peaks every, you know, four uh, beats to a measure. And so it's pretty easy to find the splits. Um, and and make those cuts and kind of fill them in. And you can do it at double time. So maybe they're a, a little, excuse me, double time would be this, a little faster, <laughs> or you could do it at half time. So there's, you know, you're fitting two uh, clips where you would normally fit four, but you, you can choose the pacing, but you set it to the music. So as I hear the beat, you know, maybe it's the drums, uh, then I'm seeing the clips change too at the same time. So it's, a, it's an audio visual connection. Um, I personally would only do that if I am really trying 
to um, make the music stand out. So this would not have any any narration under it in most cases. Um, this is a, a music focused edit. Uh, and and for most things that you know we're talking about when when we're talking about this video workflow series, I don't know that that would be something I would worry about. If I'm doing a montage, cool, you know, a bunch of clips together, and it's it's very visual, and you want that um, those two things to combine that works. For me, most of the time, I'm going to edit first. I'm going to make my video, going to make my cuts that I like, and I'm going to then edit the music in to fit the video. Now, I shouldn't have to do a ton of editing. Um, and I can't tell you the number of times that after I've edited a video, I just get lucky and find a track that happens to fit my, you know, my beats already. And it kind of sinks in there. Um, but really, uh, I would make the video first and find uh, an audio track that fits after. That's my preference most times. Uh, again, unless I'm being real intentional about it. Uh, Andy, I, I, I want to say I feel that way, too. I, I don't edit to the beat like hardly ever because I one I don't think about it and two I, I don't have the luxury of I was never a musician uh minus the years I, I was in a rock band uh and we, we I wasn't any good like I didn't get music that's, that's why weren't we all weren't we all <laughs> weren't we all in the garage uh but the thing is like yeah I feel like there's just times when music like there's you it's so awesome when it like hits right at the right thing like you're crescendoing in your like your point and all of a sudden like the music hits the right boom I, I don't know that I can do that purposely very well, but when it <laughs> happens, I like it changes the to me it changes the dynamic of the video. Like it gives it almost this like this extra little bit of oomph. Like oh man, that's so cool that 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 little swishing yeah. noise happened when that thing was moving. Oh my gosh! But it's never really that intentional for me. So I, I appreciate that you said that. Like because I would love to be able to do that better, but right. It's yeah, but I also appreciate that you said that it's not. It's not a narration-driven video that that really works on. I I saw one recently. Um, what, it was motion graphics, like te mostly text actually, and the text was hitting like on. I don't, I don't even understand what you said about beats. It's how ignorant I am about music, right? <laughs> I love it, but I don't understand it. It was like boom, right. then it would be another beat, and then a boom. You know, like it was hitting, and it was pretty quick. It was a fast-paced. Uh, track and so it was like that yeah. things were changing you know like and it, to me it just made it feel such more more impact um so mm -hmm. yeah I, I love that you're saying that but i love that that's an option but it doesn't right. make sense that you would you'd pick that early you would want that at the up front like go pick your music because yeah you can't well, do that after the fact and you you bring up an interesting one, right? There's a lot of editors now editing text on screen and the text kind of flashes by. And and we we do that sometimes. We get complaints like, oh, it was too fast to read or too hard. But I'll tell you, when you do tie it to music, for some reason, people's brains can follow it a little bit better because I'm, I'm hearing the music and I'm tracking the words and there's this connection between the two. So it's it's hard to do and it's a skill to develop. But um, But when done right, it's pretty impactful. Yeah, for sure. Justin, does that does that help answer your question? Yeah, I would have never in a million years thought to start with the music and try to kind of reverse engineer my video effects of that. It actually is I'm kind of like curious even just to to play with that a little bit to see like how that would uh how that would work. I think only in the way like Matt would talk was talking about it is how I would think about even trying an effect like that was with like maybe text on screen coming in or like an intro. Like, I don't think I could ever try to like do any of that for a full video. It, it takes some effort, I'll tell you. But I, I would also say too, it's, it's interesting. The more you start working between the two of them, the more you start realizing how much 
God, I don't want to say synergy, but synergy there is between music and videos. Because when we've talked about this in the video workflow already, right? Like what components are there of a video? There's an intro, there's the body, you know, maybe there's a hook, maybe there's um, this long form in the middle where we're teaching something. Maybe there's an outro at the end. Songs have an intro, they have a verse, they have a chorus, they have a bridge, they have an outro. I mean, they typically have familiar parts. So like if you have a video that has kind of a, uh, you know, graphic intro to it. The song may cover that whole intro with its intro, and then suddenly it shifts tone a bit, and now we've got the verse, and you're into the into the other part of the video. And so sometimes there are those kind of natural segues between both music and audio, uh, excuse me, and video that just, like I said earlier, like you just kind of luck into them, um, and that's because there's a lot of similar structures. Well, I wanna I wanna make sure we do something before we kind of shift gears and talk about how to, to maybe a little bit more make that work. I want, let's can we talk real briefly about the source for audio? This is a question that comes up all the time when I'm at events, or I know it probably comes up on YouTube. It comes up on the blog. It comes up. People want to know where can they get music because Andy, you talked about something earlier that was really interesting. Uh, the copyright issue, right? Because wouldn't we mm -hmm. all love to use our favorite artist song? I've got some songs that'd be like, that'd be really cool, but I can't. Legally, I can't. Right. I'm not going to risk it because I don't want to get sued. I don't want to have, you know, things on my YouTube channel get copyright strikes, all, whatever it might be. Uh, but there are sources to go get music. And so let's maybe provide a few suggestions. And I know we have a blog post that we can put in the show notes that talks about this, but for our, our audio listeners in particular, for people watching right now, where should people go to, to get music that they can use in their videos without worry about legal issues? Well, the first place they can go is to the TechSmith Asset Library. Um, and, and really, truly, the we, have, we, I know, we, we have free music that people can hey there we go we have free music that people can download and use in their projects and they don't have to be using camtasia you know they can just log into the library and check it out and then they've got premium ones that that are uh you know paid at a higher tier and most places that you're going to find music are going to have a similar thing um although not a lot are going to have free music for you so that one's that one's a little more unique to find um the other thing i want to before i go into like sources for it what i would also tell people is I cannot tell you how many times people would say to me, like if I was filming a wedding and they'd say, well, I bought this song, can we use it? No, you didn't buy the song. You purchased the song to listen to. You didn't purchase the song for reproducing it. Uh, and reproducing it in a video is a totally different license that you have to go through. And most music producers like ASCAP and BMI are not going to offer you uh, use for a, w without a very large fee uh, to be able to use their song. So no, that's not an option. Um, occasionally you can get lucky and write someone and they'll, they'll take a, on a charity case like myself and they'll be like, sure, use that one song, but you know, never again. Um, so what you want to do is you want to find a music licensing site or you want to find, I mean, heck YouTube. Now, if you're, if you're loading your video to YouTube, YouTube's giving you free music nowadays. Um, and yes, there's a limitation on what tracks there are and, and they're royalty free. So are they the best? No, but they exist and they do work. I've used a couple of them in my own personal videos from time to time. So um, it's an option. Again, free. So that's always good. Uh, if you are doing a lot of videos and you're using different songs in them all the time, you may want to subscribe to a music licensing site like uh, Triple Scoop Music, Atomica Music, TheMusicBed.com. There's, there's all sorts of um, royalty-free ones. I'm trying to think of as many as I can, and those are the only ones that popped into my head right now. <laughs> uh, I know well, there's I, a bunch. 
that, and I think you, you brought up something really important, right? There's the trade-off. The, the stuff that you might mm -hmm. get for free can work perfectly well, but it, but it might not be the thing you're actually looking for, right? It's going to be a different sound. Like there's Kevin McLeod. He's got tons of free stuff. If you go search his name, uh, YouTube is a great one. But one of the things I like about actually with YouTube, and I've done this uh, for personal projects, is taking their music library and then using their sound effects and I cr like make my own mix. I'm not that good at it, oh, but nice. you know, like for like an intro to a podcast, I've done that several times because I think it's interesting, right? Like you get different effects you can add. So like you can create kind of your own thing in a way too, but like you're going to get a trade off free. It's yes, yeah. you can use it, but you're limited to what you can do or these paid things. And I think some people balk at the paid stuff, but if you really want variety, you want more options, uh, you can do that, but there's lots of ways to go about it. You can do the subscriptions as Andy, as you said, and then I know for there's like premium beat where you can buy usage to, to individual tracks, but it's going to add up. You're going to, you're going to have to pay, uh, it know, is 35, 40 bucks. It is, but it's also worth the return when you get dinged from social media sites like YouTube or someone has said, hang on, someone has claimed, you know, that they own the copyright to this. And that's a bot. That's uh, that's an automation behind the scenes. So it's not like someone actually was like, wait, I know that song. You stole it. So all you have mm -hmm. to do then is like take that license that you just purchased and send it to YouTube, which they have. a. It's really easy. They have a dispute claim form and everything. And you just fill it out. I've done it multiple times this year alone. <laughs> Uh, and because we license the music that we use. And then I say, yep, we own that uh, the rights to use it for this song. And they remove the claim. And it's that simple. So um, rather than getting a claim or getting a hit on an account and actually having strikes against you, which they can remove your accounts from social media, because in the long run, if they don't remove copyrighted information, they get in trouble and they don't want that either. So they'd rather. So, so in the long run, it just it pays to use royalty free or licensed music. I think yeah. the other thing with um, using the free side and why I think it's important if you're going to be making lots of videos to consider investing in music. And that could be investing in, you know, where it's 50 to 100 bucks a song for something like mm -hmm. on premium B or 50, 100 bucks a year for something like TechSmith Assets. But having that as part of your cost, because one of the other things that comes into it is you also run the risk of using the same song as everybody else. And yep. I've heard that a lot on different videos where I'm like, oh, I've heard that song. And that happens both internally and externally where I'll be watching different things and they'll be just using the exact same. I mean, it's a fine track, but and I can see why they chose it. But when you have a limited supply of free stuff that's royalty free, the good ones are going to get used up. Yeah. Well, I was, that's, at, it's funny. I was gonna say oh, sorry, real quick. Go. I was just gonna say I was in a hotel room in Colorado, being in Michigan, and a, a commercial came on TV, and they were using one of the tracks that we had purchased for a video. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this, I know this song, <laughs> and I don't even remember what the commercial was for, but I knew the song because. So to your point, Justin, even with stuff that you you pay some money for, there might. I, I would say that that's risk. that's true. I've I've seen the exact same thing. I've seen the exact same thing before. Yeah. Well, and how much more does it happen with copyright songs, too? So, I mean, it's it's going to happen. Sure. It has the potential to happen. There's only so much music out there, right? Um, but, like, royalty-free music is typically a person with a keyboard or synthesizer producing a bunch of tracks at, you know, bulk uh, and then selling them versus somewhere like uh, an independent licensing site where they actually make agreements with 
up and coming artists. Um, and, and so it's good for the artists. They're getting paid to create music, which, you know, is a win-win and it's good for you because you get this license to use it. Um, in fact, I don't know if you guys know the artist, there's a, a singer songwriter named Ben Rector, uh, who's, I, I love his songs, very Ben folds kind of sound. Um, but he, he, was on this music licensing site back in 2009, 2010. I was licensing his music like crazy uh, before he blew up. And it was just like, now I hear it on the radio and I'm like, oh, that's from the wedding that I shot. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We had such a great conversation. Went a little bit long this week, so we're turning this one into a two-parter. Go ahead and turn that out. We're going to talk more about talking about music and volume and uh, music versus narration, things like that. So more great stuff to come, but you'll have to listen to the next episode, which we sure appreciate you guys doing. So we'll talk with you soon. <laughs>